Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Living Madly. I am your host, Mad, and today, obviously it's a special fucking day, you know that already, but it's even more special because I am here with Lindsay Martin. <laughs> did I get that right? You did. <laughs> it's very... You're just... <laughs> We're just talking about Instagram names, last names. I got a little lost. Sorry. No, it was great. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Maddie. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. I'm very excited because it's not often that I get somebody to reach out to tell their story. And I fucking loved when you reached out and you were like, hey, I have some shit to talk about. I'd love to talk about it with you. And I was like, perfect. Let's go. (laughs) So I've been looking forward to this for a few weeks now. Oh my gosh, me too. Me too. Good, good, yes. good. So um, I like to start off the pod with a few rapid fire questions just cool. so we can get to know you a little bit better. And it's, I call it, I got, I just got nervous. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. I may have projected some of my nervousness onto you. <laughs> Um, but they're silly, you know what I'm saying? So like no no pressure and just, (laughs) yeah, it's not very rapid. So, okay. Who are you and where are you from and where do you live now? I'm Lindsay Martin. I'm from the Chicagoland area, most specifically Homer Glen. And I currently live in Arvada, Colorado. Is it Arvada or... Arvada. You know what? I swear Arvada. to God, I don't know. I don't know. I just know it's Westminster adjacent, and like people still can't say Westminster correctly. So like, it's you fine. know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, do you have chicken? Wait, you have like land. You live on land, baby. I I rent from somebody who lives on land. Yes, but still, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, we live on some land. Uh, so I actually live with my roommate Brad. Brad. Oh my gosh. Why can't I say his name? It's hard. His name is Brad, B-R-A-D. And he is in the process of, um, or rather he already had, he's in his second year of having his own um, nursery for plants that help mm. uh, repopulate the bee population. Mm. And basically they're all pollinating plants. And so he purchased this slab of land oh, and I get to be his roommate there. And God. so, Yeah. Wait, it's super awesome. That is awesome. How did you meet him? Sorry. So I'm getting into no, it that's all right. Um, Brad's really cool, so this is fine. Um, so he and I actually met via climbing, and I don't think that I would have necessarily gotten into climbing had it not been for another friend. But basically, I just kept posting to all these different climbing groups, like anybody want to climb, and then I just kind of anchored into this one group, and um. I was actually pretty much in a panic last September or last August, whenever my lease was up and Mm. I was just like not getting the hits on the Facebook groups, like Mm. couldn't find any spots on Craigslist. And I was just like, oh, I could just feel that like need for a spiritual release and being like, okay, like I'm done looking like I need to find it. And then Brad reached out to me and he's like, Hey, are you still looking for a place? I saw your Facebook post and I'm like, I sure am. And so we like got our dogs together. I ended up moving in with him for about a month at his old place. And he's like, Hey, just so you know, like I'm going to be moving in another month so you can live here. And like, you can also live at the next place, but like, just know you're going to have to move almost immediately after you've moved. And I'm like, that's fine. And honestly, like 
the quality of life that happens when you live with somebody who is like harmonious with your energy mm. is just night and day from, you know, I met my first roommates in Denver or rather in Westminster, um, off Craigslist, wonderful people. At the end of the day, I'm a little bit more introverted. They're a little bit more extroverted yeah. and like to live in an extroverted house as an introvert is like hard, and very challenging. <laughs> um, and despite my best efforts, I was just not able to change my stripes, nor would I want to. Right. Um, so I'm outgoing on my terms. Oh I'm my extroverted God. on my terms. <laughs> so yeah, but Brad's great. Uh, I'm already obsessed with everything you just said. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just magical when you, when you release, like when you let the universe truly take over, like it yeah. really is, it's hard to do. Oh, on hundred percent. But it always works out, mm -hmm. and for the better. Mm -hmm. I have a crazy house story, so but we'll talk about that later. Um, zodiac sign. I am a Taurus sun, a Capricorn moon, and a Leo rising. And I recently um, was given a book or gifted a book about the North nodes, which is basically like the life, life lessons you're supposed to learn in this incarnation. Oh and I am a Pisces North node. And basically what that, what that translates to is, um, in my past life, I was a Virgo North node. So very much like, mm -hmm. um, needed everything to be very regimented and very by the book. Whereas Piscean energy is very much about, um, really letting go and letting God. Mm. Um, I know there's a little bit of wounding around that word. So letting go and letting the universe, like just take hold right. of everything. And it was really funny. I got to the part about, um, where I'm supposed to go in, in my professional career. And I was just recently let go from my nine to five and I am leaning more into my spiritual self. And so basically tying back into this book, there's a, literally a page that's like, you should not be a bookkeeper. You should be doing spiritual stuff. Oh, <laughs> and shit. I'm like, Oh, okay. So like exactly what I'm doing wow. right now. So that's very exciting. Yeah. Oh my so God. Pisces North node, it's challenging, but it's, I love that. It's the lesson. <laughs> uh, human design. What's your human design? I am a four six manifester. Oh, so I have let's... a repelling aura. Wow. Yeah. Wait, is the four six? What does that? That mean? is. Um, I think the four is the is opportunist, that... and then the six oh, is so the role like, model. So that's like enneagram tied into. Oh the no, human I'm sorry. Design? Um, so oh, gosh, I think they're like profiles. Oh, okay. So it's like I think it's like one through six. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm like still no. very much learning about my own human design yeah. journey. And I'm just like, okay, four and six, like that's who I am. I don't remember like one, the two, three and five, yeah. but, um, I think it goes only up to six or something oh, like I that. See, yeah. see. Mm -hmm. Do you know your Myers-Briggs? I am. So this was a while ago. I'm an ENFP, <gasps> but the more I think about it, I think that I was conditioned <gasps> to be a little bit more extroverted. And I think I am introverted, but with the opportunity to be extroverted, when By my choice. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm an INFJ and an E and and what what were you what did you just say? ENFP. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like two that are forces when they get together. Because I think this, I'm pretty sure that's tracks. what my bestie is. Okay. And she was telling me in the car, we drove from California and she's like, We're like perfect for each other. That's all she Brilliant. <laughs> yes. I, love I was that. <laughs> Um, okay. Okay. This is my favorite question to ask. Okay. If you had the opportunity to travel light years into space to explore a new earth, would you go or 
would you stay here on this earth forever? It's so hard. <laughs> Funny enough, I think you actually asked this, the question. At the or, party. <laughs> yeah, whenever we met. And then I just got all existential about it. Um, and I know these are supposed to be rapid fire, but my brain does no. not work that way. Yes, I, I tried um, to say that. It's fine. Ooh, um, mm, there's just, okay, so this taps more into my theory that like Earth is actually like a classroom. And like we've oh. all come here to either teach or learn different lessons that we're supposed to be learning here. So while I'm like, oh yeah, like I want to explore the the other regions of space, I also recognize that there's a lot of opportunity to not only grow here as a soul, but mm-hmm. also help evolve others um, or assist others in their own evolutionary journey. And then also just create a better nourishing environment. So mm-hmm. I feel like Maybe it's the homebody in me, but part of me is just like, no, no, we we stay here with Mama Gaia. We're here to protect her. So, yeah, here. <laughs> I'm an Earth girl as well. <laughs> okay, Earth nerds. Because I agree with you. I yeah. love the metaphor of it being a classroom and to teach and for us to learn and teach others. I mean, that's why I started this mm-hmm. was because... I believe everyone has a story and everyone can learn a little something from somebody else. Absolutely. You don't have to take on their whole belief system, but like there are, we're all connected. Mm -hmm. So there's something you can learn from every single person. Agreed. I absolutely love that. Breakfast or dinner? Oh, um, uh, oh, breakfast. Do you like to cook breakfast? Oh, no. Oh. no I, I wish I did. Um, I I like to eat other breakfasts that people cook for me. But, I love that. Um, I love that. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. I've just never – I don't think I've ever had breakfast in bed, and I think, like, that just feels like such a luxury afforded yeah. to only those in movies. So, yes. you know, I feel like that's just really nice. I agree. Um, coffee or tea? Tea. All day. <gasps> Oh, so much tea. Yes, you. Yes, we talked about that. Yes, um, but they don't know that we talked about. It's that. very true. It's true. It's yeah. true. Um, so you're from Chicago. So I was gonna mm-hmm. ask you, like, yes, what's your favorite coast or what's your favorite place to be? Like mountains, beach, jungle, desert. Like where do you thrive? Oh gosh. Um. I feel like the more mountainous, the better I am. (laughs) Um, And I loved Chicago for what it taught me about, like, just growing up in the Midwest. Um, At one point, I did end up living in New York, and that was not, 100% not for me. Holy Um, moly, like New York, New York? New York. Lindsay. Yeah. Oh my god! She at one point was an East Coaster. Just kidding. Yeah, I was traveling literally... so much for jobs for my work that oh, okay. um, my stuff was more of an East Coaster because that was the stuff that was actually like in New York. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, basically, the more I can submerge myself in nature, the I feel the better off that I am, and the better off I am with interacting with others. So it's not like I'm some feral animal, but like I know what recharges me, and it's definitely mm. a mountain escape. Or, um, I remember whenever I first fell in love with Colorado was like the very first time I came out here with my family. I was probably oh, around wow. 10 oh, wow. and yeah, super fortunate. We, um, I can't remember if we road tripped or if we flew, but either way we were out here and 
I got to experience Grand Lake during the summertime. And I just remember being on this dock and just like looking around and being like, wait a second. I'm like, I don't have to choose between lakes and mountains. Like I could have an and where there's usually an or there. Like, mm. yes, I want both. So that's eventually like where I want to go. <laughs> Is that kind of what drove you here? Yes. Like that visit and like that experience. Because mm-hmm. what, at what age did you move to Denver? Gosh, 2020. So I was 32. Oh shit. So that was yeah. recent. Yeah. So what got you to Denver? Okay. I'm getting into it. We're All getting right, into let's, it. Let's get into the thick of it. Um, so what finally got me to Denver was I actually had, pardon me, a pretty like traumatic event happen in 2017. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, everything is fine now. I've healed like 99%, but like you know, healing is not linear and like I could potentially revert. Hopefully that doesn't continue to be the case. But anyway, so what I'm getting with that is I started my self-healing journey um, with the assistance of all the resources I could get my hands on. Mm. One of those was therapy and counseling. And Mm. that was just such a, such a magnificent tool that I had never explored yet. And um, basically with that, with that assistance and with tapping further into my spirituality, I was able to kind of shed away the conditioning of me thinking that Colorado was never a possibility for me. Mm. And then I was just able to kind of fully embody that energy whenever that April of uh, 2020, I ended up getting a fully remote job, like right as COVID hit, right as COVID hit. Go you. Yeah. Full-time remote job um, benefits like the full nine. And I was just like, okay, like now that I've like saved up enough money, um, I want to move out to Colorado. And I talked to my bosses and they're like, yeah, just as long as your work gets done, like you can live wherever you want. And I'm like, okay, guess who's moving? (laughs) Like, and so that following August, I ended up moving out here and damn. Yeah. Cause where were you living at the time? So tying back into that traumatic experience, um, I was living by myself for a while after that. And then it got to a point where I was just like feeling so, agoraphobic and feral and just like just very much not myself Mm -hmm. and just like navigating a world that I knew was so full of love with the with this unsurmountable amount of fear and hatred Mm -hmm. and so I have really loving and wonderful parents that I have utmost reverence for and they were like hey Linz we know it's not ideal because you'll be moving right back in before your 30th birthday but like if you want to move it back in with us, like this is a safe place for you to heal. Holy fucking so, shit. Go yeah. parents. Yeah. Good parents. Yeah. Great parents. Yeah. Like that's sorry to no. interrupt you. No, but it's just like wonderful to hear. And that just sounds yeah, really supportive. Yeah. And it was like, it was really challenging because whenever I was dealing with like my PTSD brain, like it just rewires your entire beingness Dude. for fear. Yeah. And yeah. like, you are navigating a lot of the world from a state of hypervigilance. How could this have happened to me? Um, There were so many nights that I had night terrors. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, again, living by myself, like, after... I don't want to get like too far into the attack and like whatever. I know. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just like, how do I? Talk about oh, no. I'm like, I'm healed, but I also don't want anybody else to like really experience what I did. Well, I'm just curious. Was it like pretty, yeah. uh, what a near death ex- life yeah. experience? Um, well, you know what? 
I'll just like these cut are to the safe lawn. people. Yeah, great. Okay, we have um, a very strong, like, good community. Like, it I feels just rooted. Feel yes, um, perfect. Okay, so um, there was one night that I was in Chicago uh, with somebody that I did not know okay. for that night, and he and I were like making out on a couch and I'm like, Hey dude, like we're going to, I'm going to call it. Cause like, this is actually your friend's house that I'm staying over. Like I was just at a very, very low point of like self-esteem in my life and just like feeling so distraught. I had recently been heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I also like got out of two really narcissistic, like awful toxic relationships. Prior to that, I had my nine month um, contract not be extended to me from the job that I was living in New York. Like mm-hmm. I was feeling very like, lost, distraught, like self-esteem was at an all-time low. Anyway, so I am like constantly seeking external validation to make up for the cup that was so empty inside Mm. when it was like, oh yeah, internal validation is actually something that takes a lot of work and a lot of struggle and, or just a lot of effort. And so anyway, so, okay. So fast forward back to the night of the incident, um, making out with the guy, tell him like, Hey, we're going to Cut it. Cut it out. And so then I wake up to somebody who had broken into the apartment, um, was trying to take advantage of me while I was asleep. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Strap in. <laughs> I'm strapped in. And so, so slight sidebar because I have ADHD and like, this is how I feed details to people. Love it. So I was training for a triathlon at the time. So my legs were really strong and I was also singing back up for a band. So my, my Vocals. lungs were really strong too. Yeah. So I was like, not even able to register that this person had the intent of harming me because like, I just mm. didn't, I didn't have any sort of self-defense clauses mm. under my you belt. Were literally asleep also. Yeah, yeah, that too. And, um, I, oh, sorry. One of the things like I totally forgot. Um, so I'm like laying on my side and my eyes are still closed and I feel like there's a book that falls from a shelf above mm. me and I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Eyes are still closed. And then all of a sudden I feel a hand run up my leg and like, pull my panties to one side. And then I feel a complete electric jolt through my entire body and a voice from nobody in the room that was like, wake up, you're in danger. And so I wake up and it's this guy who had tried to grab my ass outside who was like, does not live there. And so I start like kicking and screaming. The guy I had gone home with was passed the fuck out on a couch, like 10 feet away in the same exact room. And so I'm kicking and screaming and kicking and screaming for what feels like forever. And meanwhile, this intruder is like landing hooks left and right. (gasps) And so I'm like, I'm like, this is fucked up. I'm like, I can't further defend myself because I'm still like very much in a laying down position on a couch. However, because this was a sectional couch, the sectional couch splits open. I actually fall between the cracks of it. And then this guy is no longer to like have his reach the same way that my legs are able to extend. Finally, the person whose house, whose apartment that was, wakes up, flips the light on, chases a guy out with the sword that he had <gasps> on the wall. He had bought like three months prior. <laughs> That's sick. And like, and and <laughs> his friends were like, "What the fuck are you gonna do with a sword?" And he's like, "I don't know for decoration." And I'm like, "That's why you buy the sword. Buy the sword." So like, <laughs> if you get nothing else from this podcast, buy, buy the sword. 
And so anyway, so chases him out so quickly. This intruder left his, um, I so mean. yes. So <gasps> basically like I jolt to the bathroom cause I'm like, I can taste blood. Like this would suck if I went through two and a half years of braces in high school to have like a tooth knocked out. Like right. anyway, so that's my own internalized vanity that I need to work on. But anyway, so I'm like, okay, I can feel the locks of self-protection like in my brain basically going in so that I'm not able to access this memory because it's so traumatizing and so I was like I need a pen and paper straight away and I wrote down whatever I could remember (gasps) wrote down nothing about this man but just like wrote down my series of events in the way that I interpreted them which is the best thing you could do in that moment yes exactly and so from there we call the cops the detectives arrive on the scene before they arrive like this man's wallet with his ID is on the coffee table. His hat is on the coffee table. He also shed his shirt on the back stairwell. So it's like this Orion's belt of like clues. And, And if that weren't enough, as these detectives are calling it into dispatch, dispatch is like, we have a gentleman fitting that exact description standing right across the desk for me, seeing if his wallet had been turned in within a 20 minute span max. And so... Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Exactly. So, so if that weren't enough, I then go to, like, I go to the precinct. I try to pick his picture out from a lineup and like pick, I pick it unsuccessfully, which is really frustrating. But at the same time, something I kind of knew about because years ago I had read this book about how the subconscious mind rules your behavior. It's a fascinating book. It's called Subliminal. It's by Leonard Blodnoff. Mm. It's by, um, an astrophysicist who basically like pays attention to the ways in which like our subconscious rules our brain Mm. and like the, the way we do a lot of things. But anyway, so what I'm getting at with this is there was a chapter about how malleable memory is Mm -hmm. and how even when we access it, we're mal we're, we're shifting it in the smallest of ways, Mm -hmm. but it's not always going to retain its clarity Mm -hmm. as a memory that's going to be easily accessible or easily trustworthy. And so I just remember like writing everything down. And so I was really frustrated with myself about not picking the right guy out of the lineup. But anyway, so this, this man, um, who had been my, like, I don't like your little, like the one night, like like the friend or the one night stint. Oh, no, 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 no. The guy that broke in the attacker. attacker. Yep. That is his name. Um, so he had actually been doing incrementally more dangerous things leading to my event. Oh, so he had, he had like one peeping Tom case out about him, like another thing that there was just like some light stalking. And then I was just like, so he was serial rapist almost. He was like on his way to be, he was just doing incrementally more dangerous things. And so I was just like, I was just living the next few days of my life in like a state of shock because I had a band, I had a, show with my band the next day. Um, it was during pride month. So fortunately I was able to like cover my eyes with like a cool little like rainbow, um, bit of makeup and have the purple where my black eye was. And then I also like covered up my like bruise on my lip with like a rhinestone, like somebody else had done that for me, but it was still like really wonderful. And the show went on, but like, I still had some punches that were landed on my hand that just kind of affected the way that I played bass that day. But I basically told my bandmates and I was like, yeah, so just to let you guys know, like, this is what happened last night. And they all had like such shock on their face and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened. And I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Like they caught the guy, no big deal. And so Um. I, yet 
had still not fully come to realize like what inherent danger I had been in. And then slowly but surely it started creeping in. And then the hypervigilance began. And then all of these different ways that I was like dissociating and continuing to try to navigate the world with the tools that I had as somebody who's never experienced PTSD, trying to translate that into like my new PTSD self, even though I couldn't see all of those changes that were happening. Like I was depressed before this even occurred. So to have depression or to have PTSD on top of already like heartbreak and depression, like it's not a great mix. It's not a good look. Like it was awful. Yeah. And I also was living at home by, or I was living by myself and there was nobody to really like, Holy shit. So that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, so I, would be so hypervigilant to the point where I would be walking to my hosting job at a restaurant. Like it's a seven minute walk for me. It's like literally <laughs> I turn right out of my building and I turn left to go to where my place is right. or it's where quick. my work it's is right around the corner. Yeah. I, there was one day I felt so hypervigilant. Like I was just carrying a bat with me and it's like, oh, shit. yeah, it was daytime. It was during summer, like relatively safe neighborhood in Chicago, but I, felt so unsafe and I felt so unsure of me and my body and my surroundings. And like your senses get heightened. You are just paying attention to all of these little cues, um, of noises and smells and sights. And you are just so again, hypervigilant, like that essentially translates. You feel kind of like a superhero in that all of your senses are heightened, but you're also like, everything is a threat. And it's like, that's not how the world works. It makes me think of the feeling, um, like, you know, when you're walking somewhere or you're like walking into your house almost, and you feel like somebody's behind you. So you start sprinting to your house or something like that's the feeling that I love being a woman. Sometimes it's so scary. It is. It is a pretty scary world. Well, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a hard world. Yes. And yes, it makes me really sad because so many people have not that experience, mm-hmm. but something similar. Oh, yeah. And it's really hard to speak up about it. Yeah. And I'm grateful for you doing oh, so yeah, right no now. no problem. But, okay, so keep going. So okay. keep going. So, you so, are- so I do all of this, like, basically there's a lot of time and energy that passes. And finally, I pay attention to the card that this detective had given me almost immediately after um, – I had gone in and tried to like, you know, pick out the right picture for this guy. And she's like, this is a resource available to you for you to use because you are a victim. This is a rape victim advocate. Um, they're now known as resilience within the Chicagoland area, but it's a free oh, offering. Oh. Yeah. It's I love perfect. That word. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, so it was a free offering available to victims of similar things in the Chicagoland area. Like if you have an open case, that's what, um, that's what's available to you. And I'm like, Oh, I don't need counseling. And then finally it got to a point where I was like, I'm, I'm so filled with rage and anger and hurt and just feeling so malaise and not, not necessarily, um, feeling like I was ever going to go through with suicide, but definitely being like, Oh, that would be kind of convenient because I just wouldn't have to continue to float. Right the way that I'm floating in life. And like, I feel directionless. Like I feel hurt and ashamed and like 
this was all my fault because I did X, Y, and Z choices leading up to this. And it's like, Oh, yeah. So anyway, so finally, by the time that I was taken off of the wait list, it was like six weeks long. That's when I had like, yeah, that's when I had finally been like, okay, like I'm finally ready to like open up to somebody and chat about this. And so I like went to counseling and I thought that I was doing it right because I was like, oh, well, I did this good thing and I did this good thing. And Mm. I was basically like, I was trying to put on a show for somebody who you don't put on a show for. Like the more authentically you show up in a counseling or therapeutic space, like the more authentic kind of help and resources that are going to be available to you and like what you're actually going through rather than whatever it is that you've decided to sugarcoat for that person. And so I didn't learn that for a while. <laughs> I, I think we all struggle with learning yes. that. Yes. And so um, so it was really challenging. But at the end of the day, like I got to a point where she ended up, um, she was also, she was a counselor and she also did Reiki. And so oh I had god. never, yes. Oh my God. Indeed. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, well, let's see what that's all about. And so she did that. I was like, one day I was just like, you know, I don't really want to talk as much. Like, I was interested in if you, if you wanted to do Reiki and she's like, yeah, that sounds great. And so she has like her, like she has just the right amount of office space to make room for like a massage bed. And then I just like felt something similar, but different, some, something similar to, but different from that same energy that jolted me awake whenever I was being attacked. And so it was like, it was a similar thing and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was, but she was like, Oh, it's Reiki. And I'm like, okay, well I need to like research what this is and everything. And so I like came to learn more about it. And and towards the end of our counseling sessions, she was like, Hey, would you like me to attune you to Reiki level one? And I'm like, that sounds great. Awesome. Yes. So she did. And I didn't like do the cleansing, like the 28 day cleansing, because I was just, you know, very low, very low spoons at that point. Mm. And so I, I still did what I could with what I had mm-hmm. energy wise, but it was like not quite enough. Cause like I was able to heal a little bit and then I kind of like reverted once I wasn't going to counseling anymore. And then I'm like, okay, well now, now I have the opportunity to go to a therapist and like continue on this path and not necessarily take, um, take advantage of these free services available to me. Like I want to actually have like a dedicated therapist for me. And so I went to, um, better help, um, which was so lovely. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I I hear about them all the time. I'm, yes, I'm going to dabble. So initially I remember like going to this one woman or, and when I say going, I mean, we would have phone conversations. Um, so I remember talking to this woman about things and then I could like hear her in the background, like doing different errands. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, maybe it's just like a one-off, but it was like a consistent thing. And then I was, I finally reached out to BetterHelp. I'm like, Hey, this isn't working. Like this woman, I can hear her doing errands. Like, I feel like I have to repeat myself every time. And it was just, oh, it was so frustrating because all I wanted to do was heal. And then I realized like this person is not going to help facilitate that. Right. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling really defeated. Like I'll just look for another person on better help. Sure enough, like 
I, every now and then it's really interesting the way that spirit works with me. And like, you know, even before, like, I know how to work with spirit, like there were just signs. And so I'm like perusing through this list of like different therapists and psychologists and counselors on this site. And then all of a sudden, like somebody feels very like bright and shiny and it's my therapist, Jane Scherscher. And she is just Jane Scherscher. Oh my gosh. What a she, name. She, That's she a was, perfect name. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's incredible. And like, Oh, she's got such wisdom and also like, anyway, so she and I start working together. Now that I'm out in Colorado, she's actually now my life coach in Colorado. <gasps> Fabulous. So damn. Yeah. Okay. So she's, she's just, uh, I have so much reverence for her and I basically, there were a couple of times where I indicated like I was having problem with, um, really cutting back on my, financial spending because mm -hmm. whenever like I'm a Taurus, I like to self-soothe by buying things that I don't need. <laughs> and, um, it especially goes into like hyperactive mode if I'm trying to self-soothe after a trauma. So, so I like, I maxed out all of my credit cards when I was dealing with my PTSD. So that mm -hmm. was another reason why my parents were like, Hey, Lynn's like, we know it's expensive to live in the city. Like, move back in with us so you can right. like dial down some of that credit card debt. Right. And so like, again, thanks Bill and Cheryl. Appreciate you both. Um, and could they not be the more parenty sounding parent? I, names? I, like, <laughs> I actually am obsessed with the name Cheryl. Perfect. <laughs> yep. That's, that's my number one mom. My mama. Yep. Um, so anyway, so I finally like came clean to Jane and I was like, you know, I'm having a tough time, like really wrangling in my spending and, I know I thought I had healed from that. And basically like I saw it kick back up whenever I first moved out to Colorado. And mm. what I recognized was whenever I was younger and a kid, I really was disrupted by moving that I yeah. didn't have like any say in. Like we moved twice and once was when I was eight, which we stayed in the same school district, but okay. it was still like a move. It was still a little bit of a lot. And then when we moved a second time, I was 12 and I was like going from like sixth grade to seventh grade. So that's already like a pretty significant milestone. And then if that weren't enough, it was also during the summertime. And also I got braces put on. And so it was like, it was like, Hey, want to really not know your place in society? Oh, like we're going to slap some braces on you, move you 12 miles away from your friend and you don't have a car and you have to like, anyway, so it was like a lot. So whenever I like moved out to Colorado, I was like, wow, this place is like great, but like, I don't have any of the gear. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna bop on over to REI and like get a couple things. And then I was like, oh no, <laughs> she's self-soothing again, but in the ways that aren't good for her. Right. And so, um, it was, it's just been like so interesting to see the ways in which we heal isn't yes. always necessarily time linear. Right. Like that's just not it. Like we're just going to continue to have patterns come up bigger and louder if we don't actually heal what's at the root of the cause. How would you like give someone advice to find the root cause? Like how did Ooh. you find your root cause? Oh I, shit. It's hard. <laughs> but like um, you did through all this, I guess it's introspection, but like, yeah. but how would you give somebody advice? To oh gosh. That? Okay. So first off, be gentle with yourself because obviously we are going to the deep depths of like, kind of like shadow work. Like yeah. you don't always want to pay attention to this parts of yourself right. that you would rather like exchange at a garage sale. Like right. you can't, 
you can't be a whole self if you are not accepting all parts. Mm -hmm. So like I would say the part that's the hardest is to be gentle and -hmm. just honor, honor it for what it is Mm -hmm. and try to see where the patterns lie. So I feel like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of, um, there's a lot of like, passive introspection that happens whenever I'm journaling Mm. or like not passive. It like, it just feels very natural for me to like, okay, like I want to write about like, you know, money. How is my relationship with money in the past? It's not been great. It's getting better. Um, but you know, just start to just write until you can't write no more. (laughs) Like honestly. And it's so words to live by. Sorry. (laughs) No, don't apologize for that. That was so good. It's so true. Um, and it's like, and it's like, I feel like there is a, yes, there is an opportunity for you to judge yourself whenever it comes to most things. But like whenever you're in the sanctity or the sanctum of a journal, like it's, you're the only one that's touching it. You're the only one that gets to reflect on it unless right. you choose to actively share with somebody else. Right. Like nobody else has to set eyes on that and just go off, like write down all of like the seemingly small things, write all of the big things, write all of the things that you're like, I don't even know how this is connected, but it just popped up. Like let your brain kind of, um, you know, run a little wild. And then in this, like, maybe it's not necessarily a journal, but more of a working notebook, like, right. Like who, like, do you get those thoughts from you specifically, or is it the conditioning that you've been around? Is it something that you've seen in the media? Is it something that has just been conditioned with X, Y, and Z Mm. exposure? Is it something that's genuinely within your nature or has it come from your nurturing environment? Yeah. Let's jump into conditioning. Hell yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) Because we're all born into a cult, right? You're born into your parents' views of the world. Correct. And it's like, it's no one's fault. It's just, you know, that's just parenting, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. But how, like, when you were going through all of this and you were like, am I conditioned to feel these things? Like, how did you kind of pop out of it and say, actually, those are not my thoughts, those are everyone else's. So like, what are actually my thoughts? You know, Mm -hmm. was that a question? Oh, yes. (laughs) You know what? It is now (laughs) because my brain is already there. Okay, good. Yes. So first off, it feels like, it feels like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't shout out to all my crystal homies. I literally use, I have so many crystals in my pocket right now. It's I know, kind of I love ridiculous. it. Um, actually, I didn't get, I didn't bring them out to show you yet. Okay, so this is fire agate. Oh my God. Isn't she gorgeous? She is. Oh my God. It looks like, so it looks like a lava rock on the outside Correct. almost. Yeah. And then it's like very black and red and navy and gray she is gorgeous yes um i just shook touching her a little bit that's (gasps) malachite oh my god what is malachite so malachite really helps with um menstrual cramps which am i going through them right now absolutely um so fucking trooper dude and just (laughs) and it's women's day so and the heart space too um and then this is blue kyanite. Oh, so it actually comes God. out in more of like a shard kind of thing. Um, that helps to align a lot of the chakras. <gasps> oh my God, I'm 
So we love the chakras. I'm still jingling so much. Okay. I and then- <laughs> love it. Oh my gosh, she has a whole baggie. Oh my God, perfect. <laughs> All right. And then this is copper. Um, oh. Also, yeah. Also helps to align the chakras. Just really helps me get grounded mm. and stay grounded. Um, oh my God, I have so many. Why did I bring this many? All right. This is Livian Tectite. Oh my God. So that just helps special. like assist with a like a higher being or a higher sense of self um and when I say higher sense of self I mean you tapping into like the higher knowingness of your soul versus like actually paying um closer attention to just who the spirit is in this Mm. lifetime but it actually helps you tap into the wisdom and then here are two more that help you tap into the wisdom so we love tapping this one this one is moldavite (gasps) moldavite I think I have some and then this one's cinnamon so those both get like very buzzy and basically it's like those can really help assist in growth when it comes to like just spiritual like beingness and then um yeah basically it's like if you're ready for the shadow work I highly recommend those but they're definitely they will take you for a ride intense it's okay um and then citrine just naturally like helps you like Yep, helps you activate the sense of self within the body. Also, just genuinely like puts a good shield around your energy for the day. And then I've been working with eagle energy as of late. So this is actually hematite and there's an eagle on the back or in the background of that. So yeah, it's just a nice little pounce down. I'm literally so impressed that you have this many with you right here right now and now and now you have wonderstone i knew you were gonna i i don't give that out dude i don't give that out very often i'm just saying i have a large collection of it but it's like my heart yes (laughs) only very special people have some let the record show that maddie ended up gifting me a wonderstone today and it's beautiful it's so stunning yeah you can do a lot of things with it i'm so excited it's so it's well, yeah. okay. So okay. what I was saying so. is that I'm also impressed that you know all of their names, what they look like, and what they do. Because I love crystals, but I like just keep them in their little spot. But this is a tiny collection of my very much larger collection. I can only remember imagine. when I was like, "Oh, I self-soothe by buying things." <laughs> uh, one of the things that I bought a lot of were crystals. Have you ever been to the Rock Shop in Golden? No, and it's honestly probably for the better of my pocket. Okay, well. Well, I'll just know she's there and she's cute. Okay. <laughs> Actually, no, I feel like I have been there. <laughs> I probably have. At store. Every time I go to Golden, <laughs> I have to go. I have to go. It sounds great. Well, okay, to... so how okay. do these help okay. you? Or, or what were we Rather, talking We were talking conditioning. about deconditioning. 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 Um, deconditioning. So I've always really been fascinated with like the way that um, – psychology and like nature versus nurture can really shape who we are as beings. And so whenever I was like on the healing path of the traditional sense of like, pardon me, um, going to a counselor, going to a therapist, I also was like, wait a second. Like, what was that voice that woke me up in the middle of the night? Like, what was that electric jolt? I need to tap more into my spiritual side. Like it just felt like a yearning that needed to happen. And I started like, meditating and actually like Mm -hmm. doing the damn thing. And I was like, wow, there's so much monkey mind and so much of my brain on autopilot. That's just like, you're in danger. Like it's basically the reptilian brain that is like telling you, 
um, that this can be registered as a threat. And I was just like, I need to rewrite my brain because I'm currently living in a fight or flight mode. Right. And that's, ex- first off, it's exhausting. Yeah. And secondly, like my adrenals were just like so out of whack. Yeah. And like, I knew, I just inherently knew that like anchoring into my spirit and paying attention to what they had to say was like the key to me sorting more things out. Yes. When you reference spirit. Yes. Um, who are you exactly talking about? Okay. So, so we're just going to get into like what I feel is like the soul's anatomy. So I, I perceive that we are all part, all the same slivers of a divine being that's like basically bored with just being in being omnipotent and being able to create everything. So they're just like, ah, we're just going to shave off a little sliver and throw them down into this like little earth thing. Classroom. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, basically what I envision is the electricity in our body is spirit. What I see as our soulful self is every every being we've incarnated as Mm. basically like our own personal Akashic records and what we've gathered from like past lives, future lives. Cause like we only perceive time to be linear, but like, that's just the way that we can currently comprehend it given our current point of evolution. So basically like our soul has like a lot more knowledge than we're willing to, uh, than we rather, like then we really allow ourselves to to tap into okay um because we're paying so much attention to our spiritual experience Mm. and our perceptions we oftentimes don't take a step back and recognize the amount of perception available to us when Mm. we stop viewing it through just our lens okay and so um Basically, spirit is what leaves the body when we're when we die. Okay. Um, but then it just like kind of folds back into the soul, and then our soul kind of figures out which lesson we need to learn next, and then they incarnate as that spirit. So um, when I tap into my spiritual self, like it just feels like a much more holistic knowingness, and it feels like it feels like that divine line that runs in your body. Um, that is like without any sort of like layers of conditioning from other people or like what you've been exposed to. And, um, I feel like the way to like get there is to really start paying attention. Like whose thought is this? Like, this seems like my mom's voice. Like, what is it that she has to say that doesn't align with me in the way that I would like to view this? Mm. Is this a, is this a thought that I get to continually choose for myself because it feels aligned or is it because it feels most available to me? And I don't Mm. know another way of thinking that would be more conducive to me and my growth and my evolution and just like making my life better. Um, so that like, it's a matter of like kind of capturing the thought before it starts to spiral and kind of trying to elicit more of an observer perspective rather than a firsthand perspective, which is, it takes practice. It takes a lot of meditating. It takes patience. It takes grace. It takes healing all the different parts of you that you thought were you that weren't you that, um, you just need to release all the versions of you that never felt right. And that can be hard because whenever, again, whenever tying back into trauma, like I questioned everything. I was like, who am I? Like, what am I doing here? I don't know. 
I don't know what this world is all about. If like this kind of a hurtful thing can happen to me, like it just like really put a pause and started just the play button of like questions that I hadn't been asking before. And I tried to move past the different like areas where I could have been indoctrinated if they were religious or political or like how, how are the systems set in place for me to benefit from as a privileged cis hetero white woman mm-hmm. or sorry cis het passing white woman what's passing um so i i would oh, say that i pass the, as oh, oh 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 or no 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 hold on Wait, no no i said I, that wrong hold on <laughs> it's hard. so so hold on you can I mean, edit I that out exactly okay. where you were going <laughs> so like as a privileged woman who is neurotypically passing Mm. i'm actually neurodivergent with my adhd my depression my ptsd all the fun all the fun brain chemistry bits um when i pass i pass with um educated privilege i actually don't have a bachelor's degree and Mm. there have been so many times where i've been on a date and somebody's like oh i would never date anybody without a bachelor's degree i'm like i guess we can end this date bitch (laughs) just kidding i wish i had said that i didn't i was like oh i don't have a bachelor's degree therefore i'm not worthy um but like just kind of it's a matter of like backing up from the ways that you have identified yourself or the way that other people identify yourself just from their perception and anchoring back into how do I want to identify myself? How do I want to navigate the world? I want to navigate the world as a loving person. I want to navigate the world as a person who is intersectional when it comes to their feminism. I want to be the one that speaks up when nobody else is. And Mm -hmm. it feels like that, that, um, bystander, um, phenomenon whenever it comes to like an emergency situation like everybody thinks that somebody else is going to jump in and therefore nobody jumps in and it's like all it takes is that extra little bit of courage for you to really help control a situation that could get otherwise very out of hand sorry this is going more into like my lifeguard training (laughs) (laughs) but like but when it when you are able to non-judgmentally capture your thoughts from a place of like compassion and being like, is this genuinely coming from me who I know is a loving being, or is this coming from this person that I used to spend time with who would probably say a similar snide remark that doesn't sit well in my body. Like this is not, and, and because of the way that like energy holds itself within your body, like if it's good energy, like awesome, it can stay. If it's discordant with what you actually feel and what you actually think, it's going to linger and it's going to manifest as a physical ailment. And like, it's ridiculous the amount of ways in which we, um, like Western medicine has separated the way in which, um, we view health as being just a body thing when Mm. it's like, when you are firing on all of your cylinders when it comes to mind, body and spirit, like we are severely undernourished in the spirit department on a whole. And it's really unfortunate because we're kind of just going along with what it is that we're being fed rather than being like, does this even fit into my diet? And it's really, it's really unfortunate because not all, we're not always gifted the level of discernment or the level of awareness that these things are available to us because it takes effort. And like more often than not, the spiritual path is not always one that's walked with somebody hand in hand. It's like your paths can cross. They can like, 
they can be parallel to one another, but right. it's more often than not a spiritual journey that you're on by yourself. But it's a matter of aligning yourself with people that are also taking their spiritual journey seriously yeah. or like as seriously as it needs to be because it can be very playful. But like it's a matter of you kind of like bringing up the shadowy bits of yourself and just like honoring and acknowledging that they're there and it's part of you and you're, you did not come here to be a divine being. You came here to be a human trying to realign with divinity in the best way possible, but also recognizing that there's room for human error because you signed up to be a human. Boom. Yeah. Fabulous. I, I, um, I'm getting lost in your eyes right now. I mean, your eyes are really pretty too. <laughs> you, they're like yellow and green and all of the things. And I've just been looking at you like in awe, but I, um, see when I think of spirituality, I think of the mm-hmm. light inside of us mm-hmm. and I call it our star power. Ooh, yes. Because when somebody's living fully in alignment to the life that they like love and feel good mm-hmm. in it's like they are shining like they 100%. are a fucking star mm-hmm. and it's like beautiful to see mm-hmm. um do you have any advice or books for somebody to read who is like dabbling with they just want to be more spiritual they want to know themselves better they want to become an observer you know what i mean like sure thing anything. yeah so i am a big Huge fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I forgot to. I like, have not throw. read. I have not read any of his things yet, but okay. I've been dying because that okay. name has just been popping up. Yeah, keep going. Sorry, Synchrony. I just got no, excited. No, please don't ever <laughs> apologize for being excited. I love that. Um, I feel like there's just not enough excitement in the world when it yeah. comes to like when people are just being so adulty. It's like, why is excitement not something to be revered? Right. Because it's like, oh, because you're not fitting. Within, fitting within the constraints of like capitalism and like corporate America and you're not like wearing your fancy tie everywhere. It's like, that's not necessary. Like True. we're such whole people outside of our nine to five. And like, why are we trying to keep Put it ourselves. in a box? Yes. Anyway. So, okay. So yeah. <laughs> Break out of the box. You're not a cat. You don't need to be in there. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or like being there on your terms. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Cats are weird. Anyway. <laughs> um, oh, keep going. Anyway. So, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he has a book called breaking the habit of being yourself. So actually that was probably the thing that really stirred up the opportunity for me to start questioning a lot of what I was like, a lot of the ways that I was navigating the world. Um, I also, so I, I totally forgot about this part. Um, whenever I was like borderline agoraphobic, I was like living by myself. What is agoraphobic? Sure. So it is being, no, it's, I'm not sorry. No, it's fine. Um, this is, Oh God, I'm going to butcher this so bad. Should I just, but like the best, um, Google it. And then I'll also explain it in my most layman's of terms. Um, so my interpretation of agoraphobia Agoraphobia is being so afraid of the outside that you never leave. Oh, that's exactly what this says. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I was so, I was so, I felt so hurt by this one person that. It ruined the world for you. It kind of did. It really did. It ruined, rather, it didn't ruin the world for me. It ruined, it temporarily fogged up my glasses. Yes. For a while. That's a great way to put it for a great while. And I didn't realize that my glasses need on needed unfogging until 
like so far down the line. Right. And I, I was already very anxiously avoidant or no, 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 sorry. Avoidant attachment with my friends. Like mm. I would keep them at arm's length and then pull them in whenever I needed them or they needed me. But I would mostly keep people at arm's distance, mm. arm's distance because I felt like that was an outcome that I could control. And like, mm. they wouldn't have as like, if they left me, like there wouldn't be as much loss as if I had them closer and then they would leave. Right. So anyway, so I already had that attachment style going into having all PTSD yeah. and the stuff. And so then I like started staying at home and just like, if I didn't have to be anywhere, I would not go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I was not social enough to leave. Like I was dissociating via Netflix and mm -hmm. I actually found a lot of comfort and healing in watching this show called Heartland. It's on Netflix. It's about <laughs> the doctor. No. Oh, it is. <laughs> But like it could be about a doctor no, in imperil. It's okay. Um, it's that cute girl, right? Are you thinking of Virgin River? Uh, I'm. I am. I don't know. I am um, blending all the Netflix that's shows. Fine. Together. I understand. I understand. That's how much I understand. Um, uh, so Heartland is actually about a family up in Canada who they essentially like rescue horses and rehabilitate horses. And that just felt very nourishing to my inner child who was like very hurt and like distraught and like, didn't know how to ask for help at that time. Right. And so I would just watch that show for like hours on end and I would sleep during the day because I wouldn't be sleeping at night because of night terrors, but then I would also sleep at night, but it would just not be very restful. So it was like a wash, rinse, re recycle. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was a rough. Nightmare. But anyway, so, um, was I going with this? Okay. So whenever I wasn't dissociating on Netflix, I was also listening to a heap ton of audiobooks. Mm -hmm. So many audiobooks, um, to the point where it was like all like a lot of self-help books, a lot of meditation books. Um, so the book that I would recommend <laughs> um is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Do Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's really what brought on a lot of me questioning who I was and mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. Um also his book, You Are the Placebo, like basically empowers you to like, you know, obviously be the one who creates the change that you want to see in your life. And then there's another book called Becoming Supernatural, which is my favorite, mm. which basically really talks about you on a cellular level. It's really interesting because he like brings it all into um, a uh, pretty, pretty approachable terminology whenever it comes to like him talking about neuroscience cool. and stuff like that which I sometimes just, that goes whoosh right over oh, my yeah <laughs> yeah I and I and I recognize like that's not everybody's jam and like there are certain things about him that I don't fully resonate with okay. like for instance um one of the things that I've found within the spiritual world and like the healing community is that there are a lot of people that have put other healers on like pedestals. I'm so happy you're going here. Yeah. And I think one of the challenging things is that at the end of the day, those are people that just had different opportunities than you right. and had exposure to you earlier than you are getting that exposure at that moment. Right. And so when it is that you put somebody on a guruistic pedestal, it's like, do they really get to be up there at the end of the day? Like we're all similar skin and bones and organs and everything like that. And it's like, yeah, you could create that tier 
kind of system. But at the same time, like you are the one that helps facilitate your own healing. Right. It's a matter of being exposed to the tools and the resources that are available to you. And you actually taking into account that you are the one that does that work. Exactly. Yeah. You are the creative director of your life. Yeah. Precisely. Literally. Yeah. It's like my whole thing. Keep my, going. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm loving this. No, Keep going. this is Keep great. Going. Keep going. Um, because so, I, well, oh, I. No, go ahead. Go off. I have this thought. I feel like I'm just blabbering. No, I love it. Okay. Um, I was going to say like you, you are the creative director of your life. And then I was going to say some people just with the guru thing. Oh, like, okay. We all came out of a woman's vaginal canal. What makes them special? Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they decided one day that they were going to be this way mm-hmm. and choose to do this work. So it's like you're the only person who's going to save yourself. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's how I'm. And, and I think another important piece of it is that other people are around you for the reason of mm. your healing. And they are there to support you. And again, like being a little, being a little avoidant attachment style. Like I remember having friends be like, Hey, if you ever have a hard night, like you can spend a night at my place. if like you're feeling alone. And I like never took anybody up on that. Mm-hmm. And I basically was just still very much like keeping everybody away. And it wasn't until later that I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are trying to love me. And I'm not oh. allowing that in because I, feel not deserving of that love right now. Like I can't give that love to me. Like how could I ever, like, I feel like a worthless piece of shit right now. Like how could I ever accept something that does not feel like I'm deserving of it? And it's like, you, you facilitate your own healing, but also pay attention to the ways in which others are trying to reach out and assist you. If you are feeling low, if you are feeling less than, if you are feeling like you are having a tough time loving yourself allow that love to come in, allow that light to come in for you to remember that that light has always lived inside of you. It's just maybe your candle got blown out or maybe it's been dim. Like nobody's been fanning your flames the way you needed. And like have those people around you. Cause I just remember whenever I first moved out here to Colorado, I was like, holy shit. Like, okay. Like I have, I have friends of friends out here, but like, I don't really have my people quite yet. And like, and once I started like anchoring into my people and like seeing past the bullshit of some other people that I was paying, like spending too much time with, um, I really recognized that. And I was like, they're showing up as their most authentic selves. I'm able to show up in the same way. And like, we're just constantly there for each other because we're not showing up as anything less than our fullest selves. And when we do like, it's almost like there's there's a flag that goes off or like there's like an alarm that goes off and it's like hey are you doing okay like how how can i best support you right now i can do this that and the other thing like right. and there's it's again like a matter of you trusting the people that you're surrounding yourself with and if you can't trust those people then you need to surround yourself with different people yes and because you are i think I don't remember who said this. I don't remember where I got it from, whatever. Um, I remember somewhere somebody said something about you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes. And I remember I was spending a lot of time with this person who reflecting back on our relationship had some like 
pretty unhealed sister wounds and would Mm. constantly register me as like competition and would say so many different nasty things about people we'd see in the climbing gym together. And I was just like, I was like, oh, I really admire her strength. But like, she would say something along the lines of, oh my gosh, she's so muscly. Like, it's like, that's not, I'm like, it's 2021, 2022. Like we're not commenting on other people's bodies anymore. Like it's boring. I'm beyond it. It's boring. It's super fucking boring. And it's like, Oh, right. Sorry. I just got so turned off by this person. (laughs) Hard same. But anyway, so like I stopped spending time with them and then then they like kind of changed the narrative around a a couple of other friendships that I had within that same group. Mm. And I was like, you know, they're not even reaching out to me for clarity. These are also the people that I don't need in my life. And like, and it was like, it granted really hurt. Like one of the things with ADHD is like, you have also, um, something called RSD, which is rejection sensitive dysphoria, oh, shit. So, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's like, know, like, it's like, Ooh, you feel rejection extra hard. And it's just like, Oh fuck. But at the same time, like my releasing that burning rope allowed me to hold on to something that was more stable right. and something that felt more aligned. And like, now I'm around people that aren't like belittling me whenever I go a little bit long with a story right. or have something to say that isn't in the, in the time constraints that like this it, other one yeah. put on you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what the f-? yeah. Anyway, anyway. So when you change yourself, you change the people around you. When you change the people around you, you change yourself. Like it is this like very like, symbiotic relationship if you want it to be or it can be a really toxic relationship if you want it to be like the choice is yours and it's a matter of like recognizing that nostalgia should not be the only reason why you're hanging on to something that once was felt good but like it's either a reason a season or a lifetime like that's the time that people are in your lives like recognize who's in what category and how you're prioritizing those people accordingly preach yeah that was so incredible because it resonates a lot to me because I just had that I just went through that so and it was hard and it's the pits and I didn't realize it when I was in it you know what I'm saying and then all of a sudden I got out of it and I like shed 18 layers of my skin and I was like I can finally be me actually I can do the things I want to do unapologetically the community like when you do find your community it is everything Mm -hmm. like it's it's really really fabulous when you find yeah. your people, and it's cool to. S- it's I mean we met at a party we and, did and it's just cool to see how you showed up at that party not knowing many people did you know many people you knew Nadia, too yes see and you like hearing your story <laughs> I can't hearing your story of. Everything that you went through, Lindsay, and to now see you thriving and being yourself today, it makes me want to cry. Oh, it's awesome. Thanks. You're fabulous. Thank you. You're absolutely fabulous. And I knew that from the minute I met you. Oh, oh my God. I, we learned so much today, but I have one, like one or two questions yes. to like kind of wrap it up. You bet. Out of all of your past lives, because you've had a lot. Mm-hmm. In which life do you think you experienced the most growth as a person? And that's a hard question, but I feel like you're the person to ask. Mm. 
man, I feel like this one. <laughs> Sick. Um, I, yeah, no, just, just the ways in which I remember somewhere along my healing path, I was like, wow, I would not be able to recognize myself like two years ago. Mm. Um, because she what okay two years ago that was just 2020 holy shit um i know but it feels like a lifetime ago because i was a completely different because trauma distorts the way that you view reality um and your recognition of time too just just in case anybody didn't know that um so i remember whenever i was on my spiritual path i was like oh my gosh like how are people not like getting in on this and now i'm like you know what? It's their choice. Like that's up to them. Like I'm available if they want to talk about this kind of stuff because they know I'm that witchy bitch. And like, and you know, I'm not here to expedite anybody else's healing for them. Mm -hmm. I can simply be a mirror to them and offer my assistance when they ask, but I'm not expending my energy on those that aren't willing and open to my help and assistance. And I think Um, that's why like whenever I view healing, it's like, I'm, I'm a co-healing facilitator. Like I don't, I, I'm just here a little bit further on my path than others. And it's an honor to be able to, um, have somebody open themselves up to me in that way and be like, Hey, I would love for you to help me with this, that, or the other matter. Love that. Yeah. So, so is that kind of your goal moving forward to be? 100%. Yes, it is. Tell um, me your goals and dreams. Oh my gosh. Okay. So since I've been <laughs> let go from my nine to five, which was fairly jarring, but at the same time, precisely what I needed. Um, Thank you, universe. <laughs> hey, thank- <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Can you take away the bills now? Um <laughs> Anyway, um, I guess I'll just have to play the lotto and see how my luck plays out. Um, So my goals now, I am looking to be that um, spiritual support or co-healing facilitator that I would have liked to have had early on in my journey. So whenever I was like kind of going through the thick of it and like still in a um, in a wounded place, I was kind of open to whatever. And when you open yourself to whatever, you're going to get whatever you're going to be that light that moths come to. And I remember there were a couple of people that were like in the spiritual community that weren't so spiritual. They were Mm -hmm. interested in playing that guruistic role Mm -hmm. and kind of being like, I am the best Reiki master. Like, and now I'm like, I don't want any of that. I don't want anybody else to fall into that. Like, how can I best help somebody build up their spiritual discernment early on and equip themselves with the tools that they need that will help them make, help them feel their brightest, brightest and shiniest self. So that way they can be a light for another. Like, how do they continue to be that light on the days that don't feel the greatest like Mm -hmm. for for whatever planetary reason (laughs) available like how can we best navigate if we don't know um the tools that are available to us I want to be that little bit of exposure that somebody may not have gotten otherwise that like may just like line them up in the perfect way with their perfect shot of like doing qigong on a daily basis Mm. and like moving their energy in a way that feels good to them Mm. and like anchoring into their body like healing the relationship with their body so what I want to do is essentially offer like um 
either like a card reading or just have a spiritual chat where somebody can come with come to me with what they have questions on or just like have a non-judgmental space for them to like share because I feel like that's so hard especially when you're sharing about spiritual vulnerability stuff like that's so challenging to put into words to to begin with and like to have somebody who's like open and willing to receive you for who you are versus like who not versus who you might want them or who you think they might want you to be like just show up authentically that's the way that I'm going to show up um I want to kind of like talk about and pick apart whatever might be bothering that person for that one day um you help do some energy work on them do some sound healing on them if that's a spiritual empowerment coach yeah essentially yeah I see that for you being so good. Yeah. Like so good. Yeah. Because you're just, you're easy to talk to. You're easy to open up. I've been intimidated by meeting some people here. They're just on another level and I, and I love it. But like sometimes it's intimidating to ask the advice Mm -hmm. or get feedback because you just have literally no idea what they're going to respond and some it's hard yeah Yeah. and you never want it to come from a spiritually bypassing place which is sometimes like what happens where it can revert to or it's like oh i don't i don't even talk about the dark like i'm only love and light it's like honey like no yeah we're very much in a dualistic society so you to bypass all of these different very real experiences for people is incredibly invalidating and a really great way to turn off people to their own spirituality. And it's not granted. It's not a spiritual person's like responsibility to therapize somebody else, but like dismissing or ignoring or invalidating somebody's experience is like very hurtful. It's very harmful. Yeah. It's not, it goes beyond hurtful and it's like, that's harm. That's like, whether you know it or whether you choose to acknowledge it or not, that is putting harm on somebody else because you don't know how how deeply that root runs. Right. And that like, always. Yeah. You don't know how deeply that root runs. You have no idea that they're going to take that one comment and think about it for the next 36 days, every day, all day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It could totally ruin. As ruin. a chronic overthinker. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Drink and. And, um, like there was, sorry, this, I know these are like closing questions, but like, no, we're fine. All right, cool. Great. Um, (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um, but I've found that, um, spiritual bypassing is very harmful. Also not making things accessible is also very harmful Mm -hmm. whenever, like we're in Colorado, we definitely move for a lot of places move forward with the assumption that everybody's able-bodied, which like majority of the time it is because it's a very active state on the whole, but like when places are physically inaccessible to people or monetarily inaccessible to people, like, are we truly reaching the communities that need the reaching? Yes. Like how, how can we make it more equitable for those that this would not always be offered to? Like, are there ways in which we can switch up a certain venue to make it like wheelchair accessible or just have it in a different part of the community? So that way, like, those without modes of transportation can go by foot. Like, you know, it's like when you think about healing, like there are systems in place that really don't allow us to heal the ways that we need to and really nourish our souls and 
not have that spiritual wound that sometimes comes from being in um, more traditional church spaces. Like sometimes Mm. like using God's name in vain is not the way that we've been led to believe. Like Mm. saying, oh my God is not it. Mm. When you actually look at the bare bones of what that means, when somebody's conveying that, it's saying you shouldn't do this because God said not to that's what using God's name in vain is. Mm. So like it definitely changes your perspective. And it's like, how many times have, have people been in those situations where they're like, I don't feel right doing this. And they're like, well, if you, if you were truly one of God's children, you would be doing this. It's like, (sighs) it's like, why is that yucky coercion in a place where you should be tapping into spirit and like being in a very unconditionally loving space. So Anyway, that was a big old tangent. But another thing I want to offer is I also want to, um, actually, this is coming up next week. I Wait, no, is it next week? Yes, math. Um, I'm going to be co-facilitating a mushroom microdosing healing (gasps) ceremony. Fabulous. Super exciting. Oh, wow. Doing energy work and sound healing with another healer um, who's absolutely wonderful and super excited for that. And I also recognize that, um, you know, working with different plant medicines, like also honoring and acknowledging like where that medicine comes from and recognizing that that medicine is so much more potent than I can ever be as one individual, because that is leaps and bounds above and beyond who I am as an, am, am as a spiritual being. And, you know, it's like that medicine just helps you cycle back into your own power and whenever, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm like loving this because that medicine is something that I think everyone needs to experience Mm -hmm. at least once in their Mm -hmm. lifetime, Mm -hmm. whether they need it or not. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, or just as long as they're open to it, open, they need to be open to it. But I don't know. It, it just, it changes lives. 100%. Don't be scared of it. I know a lot of people I, yeah. I know are a little like, Apprehensive. that's so taboo. I would never, that is drugs. That is bad. Right. I was definitely one of I those used, dare cut I dare kids be, in high school. It, yeah, oh my God. My, straight edges. Fuck man. My father was my dare officer. <laughs> oh, oh honey. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, you rock dad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for You're so long. Doing drugs now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just started experimenting. Mm-hmm. Very controlled, sub- you know, yeah. very controlled environments, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's changed my life. Yeah. It made me start this. Amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank yes. you for starting this. Yes. And I'm having so much fun. I love this. Yeah. Um, but it's something that people need to start to be yeah. a little bit more open to in my Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited that you're doing yes, that because that sounds fun. Too. And even with sounds, like, holy shit, that has to be. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. And sound is such a, um, it's such a beautifully pervasive um, medicine because think of the way that you think of your favorite song and how that right. makes you feel. It's affecting you on a cellular level, even if like you're really- just listening to it in the headphones, like your body is processing that on a cellular level. And it's so incredible the way that it just like, just goes throughout and it has the opportunity to shake up stagnant energy. I was going to say, there's no coincidence that you want to dance to music. Like it raises your frequency times 40. Like mm-hmm. just like it puts you on a level and gets you feeling things. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. Um, 
And then one other offering that I'm thinking of doing. Damn, you're killing it. Yeah. Are you just brainstorming all these things? Like, or you've been thinking about this for these a are, long time? These are kind of already in the okay, works. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm so I, happy for you. Thank you. Oh, so, I love it. Um, so another thing that I didn't touch on, um, which would probably be its own episode on its own. Yeah, um, part two will be, be Yeah, we'll do <laughs> part two. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> um, so is the way in which I was able to heal by the aid of horses. So briefly touched on it whenever I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I watched Heartland on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to see the way that like behaviorally, like how horses are so different and how we've like domesticated them over time. And like just how that whole dynamic works. So whenever I moved back in with my folks, I was very antisocial still because now I was living in the suburbs and I got to be antisocial and I had to drive places to be social. Mm. And so I got to a point where I was like, I need to do something for my community. Like this Mm. feels like a call I need to serve right now. And so I started volunteering at a therapeutic riding center and I started working with horses. And so, oh my gosh. So hashtag blessed. the luckiest of ducks. And so I started working with horses. And so one of the things that you can't compromise on is showing up in a fake energy around a a 1200 pound magnificent beast. So you're like around these animals and you're like, obviously like they're just going to listen to what I say, even though I'm scared shitless, they're going to go the other way. So like you say one thing and your energy says a different thing, they're registering your energy. Cause at the end of the day, they don't speak English. Mm-hmm. All animals speak energy. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I got attuned to like do more energy work in like a different modality, I started doing it on the horses. And so I found that I was able to like energetically, like kind of communicate in a way with them that I hadn't before, mm-hmm. which was so incredible. And it was like, they would just tell me things, but it wouldn't be like I would get a sign or like any sort of flash. It would just be more of like an inherent knowing. Mm. Um, so that's one of my gifts. I'm claircognizant. Mm. Um, not, it, I can't just like turn it up and just dial it in. Like it just kind of comes and goes right. as it pleases. But, um, so I've been working with my neighbor's horse now that I like live on some land, yes. Brad's land. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so my neighbor's horse is like this old, um, quarter horse who was like a champion reigning horse. So oh. he's like far more trained than I ever will be. Mm-hmm. Like he's got 27 years of life being a horse. Right. And also, but the way in which we've, um, kind of read re tamed one another because he was he's been living by himself for a good long while and like mm. horses are herd animals at the end of the day and like they just want to be part of a herd yes and at the same time like so do people and so whenever I first started working with him he was very skeptical very like apprehensive and so I just had to be like that very grounding presence that um I eventually like gained over time after working with horses at the uh, therapeutic riding center back in Illinois. And so I'm able to like translate that and really like put a horse at ease. So I'm actually in the works with a client. Um, wow. <laughs> Sorry. That word. Cool. Cool. Um, a potential new client down at a stable in Centennial and basically or Littleton, whatever down, Same down there. Um, actually I think they're in totally opposite directions, but anyway, um, no, I'm thinking of superior. Oh my gosh. I don't know any of my suburbs yet. Anyway, continuing on, um, at a stable somewhere in Colorado, Boom. <laughs> 
um, my friend rides and she was saying how her one friend is having trouble getting on with this horse that she just recently wow. purchased. And so she floated the idea by me for me to come out and do energy work on the horse. Also like try to discern like where the disconnect is by like observing and potentially like continuing forward with an energetic training program of oh sorts. my God. Right. Sign mm -hmm. me up. My sign me the fuck up. My little Lindsay is thriving right now. Yes, She's like, she we is. get to work with horses. Are you yeah, kidding? Literally. Yeah. So horses are one of my favorite things, but I'm so um, great. Yeah, don't get around them much. You know, yet. it's hard. Yet, 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 yet. Well, this has oh. been so fabulous. We need to do a part two. Okay, that's fine. Actually, we'll just say you are like to. literally welcome on whenever you want to. Okay. Um, can <laughs> you, you please tell our people, our beautiful people, where they can find you on Instagram? Sure. Or, yeah. All oh, yeah. Things. She does not have a website yet. So Instagram it is. Um, no website needed these days. I suppose not. So my Instagram is Etra period Lindsay. And I will spell that out for you because not everybody speaks French. E is an echo, T is in Tom, R is in Romeo, E is an echo, period, L is in Lima, I is in Igloo, N is in Nancy, D is in Dog, S is in Sam, A is in Alpha, and Y as in Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> I'm, like, you I'm so glad. You literally did so well. I'm so glad that you saw my eyes just go completely blank when I was like, no words I know of start with yellow or would start with why. I was like, why isn't Yahoo? Like that's not... So she's in the, I'm in the process of um, transforming that page into a more spiritual facing page. Cause it's been a personal page for a while and now it's transforming and transmuting. Yeah. So I love to follow you. I do. How do you say your last name? Just so much. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Um, you just have so much information always, which is so fun uh, to like sink your teeth into. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's juicy. It's juicy. Um, well, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. We'll see you again. Definitely. Not soon enough. And if you absolutely loved Lindsay, obviously go follow her today. And then tomorrow... Sign up for one of her offerings, which I know will be coming soon because yes. that's like in the works. But mm -hmm. all right, beautiful people, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. If you have 30 seconds, please go rate and review the show. I would love you forever. That would be the best thing ever. You should do it. Yeah, go do it. Um, <laughs> and until we talk next time, have the most magical day ever and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.